you know, they had a vision, they had a passion, but they had a problem. Oh, well, COVID obviously hurt the industry completely. You have to service the people. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to welcome you to another Safi Bros podcast. We have a dear, dear, dear brother to us. <laughs> 22-year-old dear brother. Sure. 22 years of relationships with his brother we've had, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. It's a blessed relationship we've had. Um, he is our brother, a.k.a. Frank, but he's really known as Fahim. Fahim, the man of the events world. <laughs> and his name is Fahim Risovsky. He is um, the guy who started the Australian Mobile Food Vendors Group, which is a huge group, mashallah, that caters Australia-wide and also uh, manages quite a substantial amount of technology in the events game and also uh, allocation of uh, vendors nationwide. Uh, mashallah, also, he been a, an instigator of uh, managing major events such as the Australian Open, uh, the air, part, um, three quarters of the air show, from what I recall, can cater up to 50 sites by himself at a single time with 50 different food trucks and sort of food sites nationally. Um, and also um, has helped a lot, a lot of people in the food game to get into the food truck world. Mm. We'd love to welcome our dear brother, Frank. Assalamu alaikum. How are you, Bruno? Welcome, brother. Wow, that was a bit of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I see it all that way, but uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Mashallah, Alex. So we, we go back quite far, but I think before, to start before we met, I think we, we want to know the, the young Frank who started the, and I, I know, we know we know you quite well and I would love for our listeners to sort of have a, a real feel of, you know, your your upbringing, you know, being a, mashallah, a Muslim professional in your field and how it started for you and how you sort of grew through the ranks. And I recall you telling me that they used to help your dad in the food van, the MCG. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, how my old, dad was How, how old were you? How old were you then? Oh, well, going back, I think... Uh, you, were you born here, Frank? Yes, I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when did dad and mum come? Um, mum and dad. Dad was came over here. I remember he was probably about sixteen years old. He lived in sixteen. Footscray. My mother lived in Preston, and he'd drive his. He'd ride his bike all the way from Footscray after work <laughs> to see her and meet her when he was engaged. So on the long. Um. Yeah. My, my drive has always been my father. He's he was an amazing man, um, and uh, I lo- just love being with him. So what drove me to, I guess, my career path was just the fact that I wanted to be with him. So on the weekends he'd take his truck out and occasionally, I guess, when he, when he could. He obviously went through a number of periods where he, you know, he worked as a boner and then he went to become a chef at a hospital. Um, but he, as he was, when he was a chef, he, had a, he saw ice cream trucks and he was, had a passion for the ice cream trucks. So he had this truck but wasn't really working it as much. It was one of those things he, he got injured at work and there was he didn't use it for some time, but it sat there. And all, every time I'd come home, I'd see this truck in the driveway and I'd think, oh, I got an ice cream truck in my driveway. It was a, it was a How old were you then, oh, I would have been about six or seven, I would say. Oh, um, wow. So by the time I got to the age of, oh, I would say, nine or ten, maybe, maybe it was closer to 11 when I was actually going on transport myself, but... My dad would leave early, so I'd miss him. So I'd come back, uh, uh, if it was a weekday, sometimes I'd actually go out. And uh, back then the tram system along Plenty Road was quite convenient. Yeah, so I'd, that's right. I'd get onto a, 
I'd, I'd go out, get onto the tram, and I'd go all the way to the city, get off at the art centre because that's where they all the vendors used to trade. There was 10 vendors that would trade illegally at the time because there was no permits, so oh. you couldn't trade legally in the city. So all these vendors were out there trying to, I guess, hustle a little and trade along the street in front of the art centre. So what would happen is there'd be between 10 or 15 trucks on St Kilda Road trading beside each other. Wow. Um, at that time. All ice cream then? They were all doing the same thing. That's what <laughs> <laughs> There was actually occasionally a couple of vendors that did some dance, like they had a bigger truck. So they would have, uh, you know, a bus style operation and they would be doing so some donuts and some other stuff. So wow. they were always good to have there nearby. There were two main product were, lines, weren't they, really? Donuts yeah. and ice cream were the only product lines in the sort of Back in those days, yeah, fast food some, world. For some reason, everyone was doing the same thing. And funny enough, they were all just probably as busy as each other, which was odd at the time. I'd, I'd see everyone... And they'd be quite consistently busy. But my job initially was I'd go out there and I just loved being with him. So I initially stood at the front when I first started going there, just talk to him. And uh, he, 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 was, he was such a beautiful soul. He just, he just drawed you into him. So, so I'd go out there and then I'd stay outside and meet some of the other vendors as I was oh. there. Now, back in those days, there were certain laws and regulations that obviously these vendors weren't allowed to trade there legally. So I would sit outside and I got to meet the, meet the entertainers out there. There's obviously a lot of street entertainers as well. Wow. So they were uh, there every every day, and they'd collect a, a, um, some coins at the end of each show, and it was good actually seeing their you know artistic talent. I actually quite enjoyed that. Um, but while being out there, I got to meet a lot of these vendors, um, and they they'd always be talking to me. And I'd be listening to Dad's conversation with them, and I loved just listening to the conversation of the the banter of of the food truck world. I was actually quite excited by it. I enjoyed being there because they'd always give me you know some some advice or, or you know. Uh, you know, some free donuts or something along those lines. But what I did, I, 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 because I was there for so long, I, I actually saw some times when these council officers would come along and book some of these people and shut these people down. So what was the, what was the law? What was the process there? They just came, shut them down? What would they give them a fine? Well, you'd get a fine. Which back was, in the, that was in a couple of hundred dollars back in those days. Wow. You know, so, but the, 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 the legal legalities around it was basically if you shut your shutter and you weren't seen as trading – Basically, parked there, they weren't permit, allowed to fine you. Ah. So I don't encourage illegal trading. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> but this is the time when people didn't have an option. There was no permits given no by council. That, so, yeah. uh, and this this eventually drove councils to actually issue some permits. So, um, at the time, the, the vendors had no other choice but wow. to trade there illegally because they weren't being hurt by yeah. local government. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, as we got went along, we we started. Uh, uh, see the, the bylaw officers come along in certain types of vehicles. And I recall these, these vehicles, they, they'd always have a, an emblem on the door or they'd have certain characteristics that I could pin from a mile away. It was, it was just like for me, they just <laughs> so, stood so out. you were the I, scout. I, I just saw them and I saw that that's a threat to, to everyone that is nice to be here at the moment. So, oh, so I'll be outside anyway looking at the detainer or, you know, obviously, you know, speaking yeah. to dad or whatever it may be. I jump in occasionally when you need some a little bit of help, but um, I think I had more profits than help. But but I had an eye for these guys, and 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 they actually enjoyed, I guess, me being around or trying to, I uh, guess, uh, Tom and Jerry the chase. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a chase. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I could pin these guys from my so I see him drive past, and they there was one particular um, bylaw officer. He was quite ruthless. He was the guy that everyone was scared of, uh, and uh, I'd uh, I'd. I'd see him drive past, and I think, "Oh, that's him." Um, I think his name, funny enough, was Frank at the time. Like, <laughs> it might have been Frank. <laughs> anyway, he'd park like a kilometre away, 
So, wow. so he'd give me more. So I had to walk down a fair bit to see if it was actually, I was sure it was him or not. So one particular day he was just, he thought I'd go along with this. So he's walking down and I see him walking. I just realized when he was come close to me. So I thought, I've got to run from here if I'm going to meet him. <laughs> so I start running and he starts running as well. So we're having a race to the track. Uh, and he, was, he was good about it. Fair enough, he didn't find anyone on the day. Oh, wow. But um, I do remember that. It was a bit of fun. So, so you grew up in that game, in that world of doing a, doing like street food at the start. Yeah. And subhanAllah, I, I met somebody during that, during that, you know, event game. SubhanAllah, I met a really old guy who was in his like 70s yeah, or 80s. Mr. Whippy. And he was telling me how he was worth it for him to do, he used to go around St. Kilda, and it was worth it for him to do ice cream because the fine was so minute that it, it didn't care Queen because he was making well. more money through the ice cream truck driving around and stopping in all these places and making money and still was he always had that sort of finest part of his part rent. Of his cost. <laughs> yeah. His cost. Yeah. So it's amazing how, you know, and finally we've heard about this before. Yeah. So there, take, there were some people that had that mentality. I think it was some that obviously just didn't want to be caught and, you yeah. know, be fine. What, so. what was the nationalities in the industry then? At then? Um, there was a lot of Greeks, I would okay. say. A lot of Greeks at the time. Um, there was Italians as well. Um, a few Australians. Uh, we were probably one of few Albanians. That yeah, only Albanians, I think. I think they came in later in the piece yeah, after yeah. that, after we were sort of in the industry, you know, relatives sort of got involved. But Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was an interesting time. It was a fun time, actually. It's like yesterday, eh? It's, it's funny enough, I'm just talking about it, it yeah, brings so many it brings, memories brings back. back memories, so, and they, uh, funny enough, I ran into one of these ice cream vendors, sorry, 30 years later. Um, and he remembered me and he said, yeah, this and this and this is, this, you know, this was, it was amazing back then what you did. He remembered everything. And it was like, he was very grateful for the times back then. It must have meant so much to him. I didn't realize till after that time when we were able to introduce, uh, vendors to, uh, Rod Laverine, cause that was nearby that precinct. So yeah. people, the vendors used to trade outside that space. Now we actually legally trade there and we invite all these vendors back. So recently the team has sort of put out an EOI to, to get, uh, Got an ice cream vendors in actually, and and they they recall like it was yesterday. It was now he's obviously his his uh, his um, son-in-law is working in that position. But um, I ran, funny enough, I ran into him, and he was he was grateful that we actually illegally allowed of trade oh, out of that location. So, um, they, awesome. yeah. so, so take us back to to young for him, young for him, his ambitions. Well, you know, when, which when school did you go to? Uh, I was at Reservoir, sorry, Preston East. I was in Preston East Primary for a while. Then I went to Preston East High and then uh, that, took, that, that turned into Reservoir District Secondary College. Um, but at the time I was obviously constantly still working with Dad, f- focusing on school to a certain degree. And, um, but I, for some reason I just had a passion for, what I, for that space, the food truck space. I would actually put in applications. Uh, I'd follow Dad just, again, just to help him out. So I'd be filling out all the applications, sending them off, signing them off, answering phone calls. Some of that goes, you probably need a phone at the time. So I would answer some phone calls in between periods occasionally with sort of application processes. And I'd actually go into these meetings with Dad. Dad would take me along. Like I wasn't saying much at the time, but he'd always take me along to some of these meetings. Um, and this, this, funny enough, this, you know, once I started working for myself, I ran to one gentleman. Uh, he'd heard that Dad had passed after that point, but, um, but, um, the, um, yeah, so this gentleman, he was controlling a lot of the events and was, this was at the actual showgrounds. Uh, and I went to introduce myself. I said, you know, this is who I am. This is what we do. 
And he said to me, I know who you are. He said, I said, really? I don't think we've met before. He said, you used to come in every time with your dad to have the meetings. I've known you for 20 years. Oh, wow. Or well, 10 years at the time, whatever it was. SubhanAllah. Uh, he said, and, I, and looking back there, I think well, that's what Dave was sort of saying because he saw my passion in it. So he was introducing me to a lot of these people indirectly. So, SubhanAllah. Uh, and I was always happy to go along with him. So, yeah. Amazing. So take us, take us through that. Uh, when did you sort of make up your mind to go, you know what, this is uh, the game for me. I want to do this. Well, it was probably in high school when you're trying to work out your career path and you think you're going to go to uni or – and I remember doing picking accounting in, um, in school, in, in you know year eleven or twelve. And um, the reason for that, I thought I need to know how to, you know, work out the books here, Manage what I'm doing, because I'm managing these people. I need to figure out how I, um, you know, what taxes are we got to pay, and what what's due, and how how much money is coming in, because I always write on a ledger. So I, I thought, okay, well maybe I can do something in economics. Um, and at the time, I was looking at, uh, you know, designing a truck, food truck. Also, oh. I had a picture of one and designed one. And my brother actually gave me some insight into it because he was the building part. So he was he was drawing all, and he was back then, he was into sort of that rock and roll theme. Oh, so, yes. so he, so he, um, he had some ideas. And I thought, okay, maybe we can do something around, you know, like a neon style. And we drawed up this, this, this truck. And again, I said my dad was always the one to really uh, drive a vision. So he was, he was okay. That's what you want to do. Um, so I got to that point and I thought, okay, do I keep going with the schooling after after year 12 or do I continue down the passion? And funny enough, I was getting a lot of inquiries for events we were doing. And I remember the time my dad said, uh, you you need to start a company of your own now. I said, Dad, I, I, look, I'm happy with the structure. I want to support you. Look, I'm happy to work with what we're doing, you know, build what we've got. He said, no, no, it's okay. We'll do that. Like we'll do that. But you need to start your own entity. So, how, so how, many, how many trucks did you have then and my, what contracts did you have? Uh, we, my dad had, I think he had one or two ice cream trucks at the time. He had a food trailer that we were building and at the time we, we built another a trailer that we were doing the, this one we were designing. So um, it was a, a few ice cream trucks and a couple of food outlets. Oh, yeah. wow. And where were they working? Uh, we had Permanent one. sites or just events? I think it was mainly just in the city that we were just sort of trading. And then we would do, I think we at the time we did have a couple of, one site at the MCG. Yes. Which was, um, which was great. It was a, it was a great place to sort of be during the footy. So we were. Was that a pay? Did you have to pay for that even then or was it just trade as uh, well? Back then it was, cause it was split up between council and, and the, uh, I Private. guess. Yeah. So it was, um. It was, a, it was a regular tender that went out that we were successful with. Okay. Uh, and I remember the, the training at the back of the Ponsford stand around the back there. And um, I remember yeah. the kids selling records. Uh, they were great. Yeah. They were, they because were... subhanAllah, my first job was at the MCG doing crepes. Oh, wow. There was a crepe van there. Yeah. Back then when I was, I think, because, because I went to St. Joe's, yep. North Fitzroy, and they want the, the actual owner of the crepes came to the school and said to the young kids, who would like a job, you know, and I put my hand up. Yeah. So I started working at the MCG for I think a year and a half doing crepes. Wow. Was it inside? In a big bus. No, no, outside. Outside, okay. It was a big bus, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, Yeah, there was a a few vendors that were trading there over those years and I remember Alfie used to be a donut truck out the front there and – Subhanallah. Um, yeah, that was it. Was great. There was a lot of concerts back then there too. Yeah, I remember yeah. the John Bon Jovi, yeah. things like that. That were going. It wasn't only about footy then. It was like there was a lot of concerts because it was 
because the MCG was the hub. There was no other stadium. Yeah, correct, correct. There was always uh, events on, and it was competitive space. I mean, you got your little site, and there's always another vendor down the road. And yeah. It was, mm. um, so, yeah, it was a case of uh, everyone sort of competing for it, and uh, and I said we'd, we'd help out on the weekends. And SubhanAllah. That was... So, so, so you started to end up setting up your own entity with your dad? Yeah, yeah. So we set up my own entity. I think it was a case it was just there as a... I didn't really, I was training initially with it. It was more, you know, working towards what there was and, you know, the company that he had. And I was sort of, I, was, I didn't really understand why he wanted me to do that at the time. I was just like, okay, whatever. We're still going to work together. It's, you know, uh, I'm happy doing with what what I'm doing. And uh, he was always fair and reasonable. So, um, so yeah, it was a case of just working through that. And then uh, we, we designed this truck. And then I, I um, said to dad, all, We'll, we'll build it. So we built this truck and uh, he said, okay, we'll, we'll build it along. And um, we got it going and we, we did an event um, and it was dead the first time we did it. We spent all this money <laughs> on things. What if this is a crazy concept? Why are we doing this? What was the van? Was it a rock and roll? It was a rock thing? and roll theme. Stuff, what kind yeah. of food? It was burgers and chips, and but it was more themed. So our staff was all in the, you know, the bow ties and. Oh, okay. And it, was, okay. it was the sixties, uh, you know. Yes, yeah, so the rock and roll Fifties, sixties thing. Yeah, so nice. it was, uh, it was actually a beautiful looking outlet. And funny enough, we had someone that come to that event where we were dead at. And they said we we really want this truck to go to, um, to Canberra. It's in Canberra. It's an event in Canberra. Wow. And I thought, oh. I'm like, we we're not even figuring out what we're doing here. Let alone go to Canberra. And I mentioned to Dad, I said, they want us to go to Canberra, Dad. What do we do? And he said, well, go. If you want to go, go. You don't even know if you don't go. Mm. I said, ooh, it's risky, you know. I said, oh. <laughs> I said but they, they, they're prepared to not charge us anything to go. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Because they, cause we were hesitant. So they said, you won't have to pay. As long as you do. And just funny enough, they honored their word for a number of years. They never charged us anything because they just wanted the truck down there. Oh, wow. Because um, they wanted to feed the patrons, really. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So it was the they're, case. They're the best events. Yeah. We, we tried <laughs> that out and it was. Yeah. That was great. That was a great opportunity to go out there, and it was it was a successful event for us. So it was it was oh, great. Wow. So it was your first successful event. I, I would say it was one of, I remember it was one that stood out. So um, uh, when I was working with Dad, it was, was we went out there, and it was it was awesome. So so Hanala. Yeah, it was it was quite successful. So it's uh, it was worth all the effort of going there. That was yeah. That was people thing. don't understand how hard it is to move a takeaway shop really yeah. from one state to another, even and just. You know, yeah. staffing, yeah, you know, everything else, the compliance thing in different different areas to be compliant and all that kind of stuff. So Fahim is growing up, uh, <laughs> got himself in the game, and so what? You see, after year twelve, that's it. You left? No, no, no. no I never went to uni. I never, never went to I uni. Never continued with the school because I had that passion. I, I, for me, I actually knew. I, I felt like this is this the is way the you got to go. Calling. Like it wasn't really something that I had to really think much what, about. It was, was there any sort of stigma around that for you? People saying, "Oh, you know, what's wrong with you?" you you're normal. You're better that, than that. You know? Yeah, it was a little bit, but I think my passion. If people saw my passion, like oh wow, That's I think awesome. I think you know my brothers and sisters used to tease me about it occasionally about the <laughs> I'd actually enjoy it a lot, and uh, I um, yeah, it was one thing that. It drove me, and I, I felt like that's the path you need to go down because I was so already involved in it. Um, and uh, uh, the only thing that probably got me thinking twice about it was the death of my, passing of my father, um, wow. where I thought, okay, what are you doing now? Because that was I had the entity, but never really executed. It was more about just going with the flow and working with what Dad's direction was. So, how, how long before Dad passed after you twelve, so that you were oh, working the business? 
Uh, I was working probably till 22, I think it was. 22, so about a couple of years, three, four years. Yeah. So I was working in the business obviously yeah. since I was a lot younger, but as you know, I got my truck license at eight and 19 because back then you needed to have a vehicle license. You couldn't get it any sooner. Wow. So um, at 19 I was driving the truck and assisting him and working oh. through it with him. So you were capable running your own events at 19, 20, 19, 18? Yeah, I was driving to, to and from events and um, assisting him where I can and uh, and then looking at, you know, uh, doing those applications for him and working yeah. at those events. I was young then as well, obviously still yeah. going out and um, – not a lot of people appreciate the growth that takes place because, you know, we, we're in events and you're well aware, Frank, you know, we got into events later on in, in our careers. But not a lot, like a lot of our staff that are actually worked with us and, you know, supported us, that really say that the, the fiesta days, we used to call yeah. them the fiesta to the be or, yeah. or the, the upbringing, the upbringing mm-hmm. it really makes good men, yeah. strong men, you know, because it, because you need to have a lot of skill sets oh, in the events game where it toughens you up. Oh, Did you yeah. feel that? Did you? Oh, hundred percent. I think it was more of a case. Of, uh, one of the things that really, uh, I guess, touched me one day. I was actually out shopping with. Uh, actually, I think it was by myself, and a girl came up to me and she tapped me on the back. She said, "Frank, where are you going?" Didn't know who. I, well, I, at that particular moment in time, I didn't know who it was, oh. and uh, she said, um, "Julie, you remember me?" Looked for you. I said, "Oh, how are you going? How you been?" <laughs> And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm great, I'm great. I said, what are you doing with yourself now? And she said, uh, I'm a lawyer. I said, wow, congratulations, well done, well done. She said, but I, I learned so much. I owe you a lot, she said. And I said, why? Well, you don't owe me anything. And she said, I learned so much when I was working for you. I learned to deal with difficult people. I learned to deal with drunks who'd come up there. You teach me how, how to deal with those situations. I learned to deal with money, I transact. I was counting my float and money and um, so she said, oh, are you somebody? I said, no, you don't. I said, I said, that's amazing. I'm so happy to see that you're doing so well. So, so you get, uh, you know, I guess there's a lot of reward you see from, you know, yeah, the growth yes, of others. Yes, and yes, 100%. I've always enjoyed hearing a, a good story or a good outcome from people I'm associated with. And even the team that we've, you know, yeah. over the years that we've developed, um, seeing where they're at now is, is, is beautiful to see some of the stories. I mean, I'm a bad. We can testify to that actually, because. Yeah, you know, we were actually in an event uh, with Frank. I think it was the Eighth Festival, and I think it was the first time we did chips. And I think we we just got we, we did not we did not know how we, to turn on a fryer. Yeah, we had <laughs> we, we, we knew to buy a fryer master because that was our food van. We just yeah, yeah. that's we just right. Finished. So so the, the story goes: uh, Ramadan time, it was always Ramadan. We, we used to do things. Subhanallah. We bought a van that looked like it needed to be chucked in the bin. <laughs> chucked in the bin. <laughs> I remember we, we called Frank and we said, Frank, come to the warehouse. We want to show you what we just bought. And, and I remember Frank specifically walking in. And he was laughing at us. And we were, build, like, we, were trying to, <laughs> we were trying to build these windows that opened and closed. I remember. And we were the rollers that rolled the thing and out. Off. At that time, you know, you know, as they say, when you're starting a business, you know, you're short for cash. And, and I remember Frank, Frankie, we got him in and I could see his face with disappointment thinking, what are these boys got up to? They should have asked me beforehand. And I think... The best advice he gave us then, and I always tell people the same advice, is that you know you can cut corners in infrastructure, but don't cut in your equipment. Buy brand new because when you need it, oh, yeah. it you know the the thing needs to last. 
And I think I remember because we bought brand new Fry Masters then was five grand or four grand thinking Frank gave us some bad advice. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were just spent about 10 grand on fries at the time. And yeah, that's a, that's lot, of a lot of money. And we put us. a garland hop plate, like the best. Yeah, thing. and we're like, Frankie, I think he gave us the wrong advice. <laughs> and we're like, we don't even know how to turn these things on, you know. He gave us the great advice. And then subhanAllah, the first event we did was with, with you event. at the Eat Festival in Broadmeadows. And uh, I asked you, Frank, can you come show me how to light this thing up? And you started laughing. And and that day we killed it with chips. So we killed like, it with chips. We're going to keep up. We're like, why the hell haven't we been doing chips for a long time? Because uh, we started. It's event, uh, one of our first events was an event we did for Frank. Yes. Which was, and I recall very well, was uh, a open day for a football club up in towards That's Frankston right. or Rich, something. No, it was Richmond Football Club. Uh, okay, no, no, yeah. it wasn't. It was, it was, a, it was a, the Melbourne, Melbourne. Melbourne Club. Oh, St Kilda. That's right, St Kilda. Yes. That's right, it was St Kilda right. Football Club. And you had the open day. You were organising the open day. Mm-hmm. And we went in there with our old yellow van. That's right. With a trailer. And we set up a corn store. That's right. That that's we right. bought off Ibrahim. Mm. Yeah. Because Ibrahim used to do work for you. Yeah. Hanallah. And then we bought his setup. That was like the first, first in for us. Yeah, first well, our first setup was a corn marquee. Mm-hmm. And we bought right. off. That's this right. uh, guy that uh, he wanted to get out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> remember? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I remember. It's funny that story you bring up about the fryers because <laughs> it was probably about three months ago. The exact same thing happened to me. It's funny you bring that up. Where a, a new vendor coming to the industry and he's, he, I can, like one thing we first do, we, give a, we try to give people as much time as we can when we first start out. So we try to figure out their motives and understand what their objectives are. A lot of people in the industry come into it to – take what they can and go on to the next thing. Well, we're serious about committing to yeah. the industry. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a good platform to start a new business concept. Yes. Uh, you know, trial your, your, your concept before you go on to other pastures. But we're very conscious of the fact that we don't want people, cowboys coming in and, yeah. and ruining it for everyone Damaging else. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, this, this, this gentleman's got a pretty good intention, I, I believe. And he, he called me. He was at an event that we actually sent him to. And funny enough, I was actually very close by. SubhanAllah. Uh, I don't know. I just happened to be there at the time. I was near the area. So he said, look, I've got a problem, Frank. I'm a little bit embarrassed calling you about it. I said, no, you can call me about it. It's fine. What's the problem? He said, I don't know how to light the fryer. <laughs> I said, I'll be there very soon. I'll, I'll, I'll see how we go. If I can't send someone, I'll see what happens. We'll see if we can get someone there. Within 10 minutes, I'm there because I'm just around the corner. SubhanAllah. <laughs> and he was baffled. He couldn't believe it. Yeah. And he had, he had people queuing up. He's unable oh. to serve them. So I go in there and I said to him, look, I'll just show you how it's done. Look, this is your gas. He's got, he's got a perfectly compliant truck. He's got everything in the right spot, but he just Didn't hadn't that. used it before. Yeah. Um, he's just taken on the business. And so anyway, we went in there and showed him. And he said to me, look, I'm never, ever going to forget this, Frank. <laughs> you mentioned it. I can't believe you're the one of the first guys to help me start. So I was, I was grateful to be in that position to help yeah, him. But, um, I'm just saying it's one of those journeys that you remember because yeah, you guys mentioned yeah, all that after all these years. And I asked you once before, so why do you keep telling me that story? It's like yeah, it wasn't a big deal at the but time. But one, one thing that was interesting because for us going into the events game, two Lebanese boys, you know, doing contracts off the Melbourne showgrounds and starting to do the My Music Bowl, we realised no one wants to help. We realised no one wants yeah. to give you an, everyone, a, a, an opportunity. You. But you, you could see from your sincerity that you understood that, the rizq was from God. Yeah. You know, the more I help, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will support me and, 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 and give me. And which, 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 which mashallah, you know, you, you are probably the most biggest event caterer in, in, yeah. in Victoria and Australia. Australia. Nobody can, but nobody one can thing, one thing that I loved about you is that 
you were always there to, if you could help, you would. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we've had situations with food vendors, you know, they're turning gas bottles off instead of helping you. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you were always there to support, and, you know, yeah, even with that. bread or whatever situation, yeah. you know, which is fantastic because not many people in the game are willing to even support you because other people might think, oh, if I show him how to use the fryer, he's taking away from my sales because you were selling chips at that time, mm, I remember. Mm. So it's, it's, it's that mentality that... You know, you know, Magic of giving. yeah, subhanAllah, not many people do it, especially in that game. That game was mm-hmm. ruthless, like you're saying, very competitive. Yeah, it, like, at that time it was a lot of, very competitive. Do you know what I mean? So you had yeah. some. Uh, I think, you know, I remember a time when we were, I was just coming out running things myself, you know, just sort of new to the space because Dad's passed on. So everyone's looking at what the business is going to do when Dad's not there. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and I, I know, I, I tend to sense that some of the people, not all, some people were really good. Some people obviously don't want the best yeah. outcomes. Yeah. So I remember doing an event, and this was the catalyst, I guess, for us to do a lot more at that point. I did an event, and um, the gentleman next to me came to me and said, you know, this is a young guy trying to come in and trying to, I guess, get some approval from some of the older players, I guess, or people that are a bit more established, and knowing the situation with that and so on and so forth. So I'm trying to just keep it, keep the peace. So he said to me, the job's gone. It's been quite busy. We'll, we did quite well and he said to me so how much are you declaring and prior to the event I always went to the event organizer saying I'm happy to pay these fees this is what it is and it was a bit high at the time so I said look we'll negotiate something better are you happy with that I'll make sure you, like with the way we operate is we're pretty transparent you'll get every, everything that's it's there mm. so and at the time it was it was one of the cases that everyone was sort of had this perception of not being totally honest yeah, with yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Manipulate. Yeah. We're but my dad there. always taught me to never do that. Never do that ever. Never do that. So um, I was confronted with it because I'm trying to get the acceptance. That, you know, you sort of need to keep the peace with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's put me in the spot. And I didn't say much and I walked away. Then I thought about it. I thought, no, I'm going to tell him before he submits because then it's not fair. I can't say to him that I'm not. I'm doing something different. Mm. I said to him, listen, I've already told the person I'm going to give him every cent that he's entitled to. So I would recommend it's, I would recommend you do the same, but it's your decision. I'm not prepared to not disclose my sales. Yeah. He said, you're silly. you got no idea. <laughs> he, said, mm. he said, good luck. Yeah. So I said, okay. So I declared my sales. I'm not sure what he did, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but I know after that point, these people started giving me more and more work, and I guess the reputation of of the honesty that we we're prepared to, and like we always had the mentality of negotiate hard. And I think we probably discussed it a few times with you guys. Yes, uh, yes. Negotiate hard in, when you go. Be prepared to give what you can, and then That's once right. you're there, you, you've got That's to honour what you've said. Exactly, hundred so, percent. Um, so I think a lot of people appreciated that because every time we'd we'd get offered more and more work after that point. So hundred um, percent. And it was drivers. They were drivers. They were saying, "Oh, we got you here, and we got you here, and we can. You should go up to to this this event." So, and as that honesty yeah. always opens up yeah. doors. Subhanallah, you know, it's opened up so many doors for us in the event. Yeah, that was the catalyst for our growth in the events game, you know. Because mm. mashallah, you were the, I think you were the largest guy in the food world, where the food truck world, and we took the path in the events game in the marquee world. Mm. Like we we we, yeah. we, 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 we 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 always looked at oh what because we had so much infrastructure already. Mm. Uh, how are you going to spend another 80, 70 grand on mm. more infrastructure? It's mm. And the biggest uh, conundrum we were feeling is like, we can never sell this business because you're only as good as your contracts. Mm. But, you know, you're, you're knee in deep now. So how do you, you know? 
And yeah. all your relationships that you've built, how can you really sell that? Because yeah, tomorrow that, that contract might not come. It's a, and it's amazing. It, it was a amazing game. Like we, we got into, I think we got into the event space as a sort of a double-edged sword because we had equipment. We, we were buying and selling it. First, I think yeah. we first started buying and selling commercial catering equipment. And we were buying secondhand and selling them. And we went and bought a yeah. reception in the first place and we sold all the gear out of it. Mm. We kept some stuff for the we, we used that with the events game. And then we noticed that the event game just went like this for us. Yeah. And, and I remember one guy come up to me, he goes, uh, where did you guys pop up from? <laughs> so what do you mean? He goes, You're last, everywhere. last year, you, you know, we didn't see you once and I've been to every event this year and I've been in the game for 20 years and you're every one of them. Yeah. So subhanAllah, we, we, we skyrocketed like we were doing. Yeah, we, we did. We were doing four events a weekend <clears throat> on average. Then we got up to the six and sort of eight sites yeah. you know, a weekend, which was huge for us, like, you know, infrastructure and state Australia-wide, but. Mashallah, you can do fifty sites yeah, on a single like, on a single weekend. You know, like amazing. Uh, look, there was. I mean, I was. I'm not sure if you classified the size. How do you determine the size? Yeah, because yeah, 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 you can there's, break them up. You can put well, there's four vendors, sites in one. Well, at the time, there's a lot of vendors that had the equipment, but weren't utilizing it. I know a lot of the shows they had a lot of equipment back yeah, then. I remember that, yeah. And I think we ended a, a period of, um, well, prior to that, I would say it was a case of. Um, our growth was driven, and I guess we learned a lot through our dealings with uh, QSR businesses that approached us. Mm. So I remember as I was developing my business, I was approached, and you met relationships. And I remember putting in a pitch for the Commonwealth Games, actually, funny enough, a joint venture with a, I'm not sure if you remember, Graham, he used to, he used yes. to, he used to run uh, a number of trucks. And he, yeah. he seemed like a nice enough guy, but he said, look, we probably could do this together. I, I, I knew one of the guys that was um, a friend of mine who was coordinating the, the tender process. Uh, he post that he went and worked for Nando's a QSR, so he went there and he he sort of saw the problems they had with they had a couple of trucks themselves and they were trying to build their brand. They only had I think twenty stores at the time, yeah. uh, and they're doing some hardships and they and they 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 had some specialized people that were playing to focus on this yeah. these these events. They had that three 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 big food vans or two. Yeah, I, they invested some some yeah, big dollars. Top dollar, time. I remember. Yeah. Uh, and they they ran and they just they struggled. It's not a, it's not a restaurant. They had no so clue. the biggest problem was the sp- like they were, they knew they had the systems they had the the ma- the right people I guess or you'd think you'd get the right people. <laughs> um, they were paying for it, but they just weren't getting the outcomes they're because they were, they were going into a different environment. And you know, yeah. events are such a different space. It's a yeah. specialized space. Hundred percent. So um, understanding salage and sewers and waters and you know, there's got limited amount of water you can have on a day and how you disperse of that each day. You got to plan. You, you got to plan every step of the yeah, day, 100%. don't you? So um, he he saw some challenges there, and he mentioned it to the directors and said, "Look." I think it might be maybe get someone that's specialised in this space to, to yeah. to take this on. So he approached me and um, <clears throat> he said, "Look, you should you should have a look at this. It's, it'd be right up your alley." Um. Anyway, I thought, okay, I'll come down. They were in in Brunswick, funny enough, at the time they had their, their yes, offices there. The head office was yeah. there. So it was on the, the way like, going in, into the, the Street. Yeah, yeah, just next to Pedro's. Yeah, in the Lago Street. Yeah. So I was setting up one day at the gym. I thought, okay, I'll just pull over for. I'll just go have a, have a meeting with them. Uh, and um, I ran into the directors then, and lovely, lovely guys. They were they, you know, they had a vision, they had a passion, but they had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, uh, I remember at the time he said, "Come, let's go for a drive. Well, I want you to go see these trucks." So he only had a, he had a Hyundai vehicle, vision director, old old car. We drove all the way to Geelong because wow. he, he had it stored. He had it stored in one of the farms out there, the the supplier's farm, because they didn't have nowhere to store it. They're big, they're big. Yeah. They're all massive. 
Yeah. And I know he spent so much on this thing. It's like, so anyway, he, he, he we went for a drive all the way there and, uh, you know, just just spoke the whole way. He told me a little bit about himself. I told me about what I was doing. And anyway, he's got there. We see this thing. It's it's covered in bird dust. and <laughs> <laughs> But I see that the, the, the structure, the fundamentals are all there. They've spent the money on it. So yeah. they just weren't getting the outcomes on one of them. And he said, I've got another two. They're in another yard. We can have a look at them another time. Anyway, moving on to the point, we looked at the opportunity. We said, okay, um, this would be good. Uh, I think I can make some changes to it, but I need some – need you to understand I've got to run it differently. It, it's not so much – we want to represent the brand as best we can. That was a priority for us because that was their priority. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we said we need to limit it and streamline it because I've got limited space in there. You can't be doing all these things. You want to do everything. Yeah. So we said we looked at it and we changed some things uh, and they said they were, they were open to it, you know. Um, so anyway, I thought, okay, well, if I'm doing all this other stuff, how am I going to do this as well? And I had a, a good friend of mine at school. He was doing um, – he was in, I think, Super at the time. Uh, he was working for Mercer, I think. Uh, and he said, it, it wasn't him, you know. So I mentioned to him, I said, look, there's an opportunity here. You can come along. You can help drive that. I think it will be good. Have a look, have a think. Because he worked with us previously as yeah, kids yeah. with the trucks. And so this, he, is, this is Dean. Dean, Dean. Yeah, correct. <clears throat> so Dean came on board and we, we, we gave it a crack, uh, you know, and the, we learned so much from that because Nanos had the systems. They had the QSR team. They, had, they showed us all the – I guess what our business was lacking at the time. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. You're open to that. Yeah, so we adopted a lot of those processes within looking at what we were doing and saying, well, that doesn't work because of this reason. And discussing with them, we had consultants because they were looking at the best outcomes for their business. Wow. So they're saying, yeah, well, that probably sounds a lot better than what we'll do that that way. I will allow you to do it that way because you're dealing with this. This is why we're not making it work. Um, so, yeah, so having that that knowledge there and that support um, – so you, you guys ended up buying those vans off them, didn't you? Correct, correct. How, how, how many, with that relationship with Nando's, how long was that? Oh, that went for, well, it's a good question. It went for 2000, I would say close to 15 years. Because I, I think that, that because even when we were in the events, Graham, and when, when you came onto the scene, you actually put Nando's on the map. Yeah, honestly. It, it, because that target audience where the concerts and the young you know, that the 18 to 17 to You made 90. Nando's cool. I think you as, you, like, what you did through your business, and I, 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 I said I remember saying that, like, a long time ago, yeah. is that Frank made Nando's cool. Because it was cool because every young kid who came to an event who who, who believed, as Coca-Cola was doing, heavily marketing all those events, mm. Coke was cool because everyone had it at a festival and they always recall it. Mm. But, but I think you were an amazing yeah. instigator of marketing Nando's to a – to a to a realm that it never was open to that wanted they wanted to get in. Yeah. And I think a lot of other like you look at uh, how many different organizations tried to do what yeah. Nando's did and every one of them failed mm-hmm. because they tried to do it themselves. Yes. It, like how many we uh, saw Grill tried it. Grill remember, remember that grill mm. truck? Yeah. It was yeah. underwater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of brands have tried it. And it, it's 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 difficult. It's different to just running stores. Because so you, know, you know the it's game. not especially exactly. And we got relate look, it's all comes down to relationships. Yes. Yeah. So relationships is something you build over time and you invest and they invest in you and, and you get opportunities out of it. So there's all those other factors that go into it. But in relation to, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if it was, I think it was a number of contributors that helped, but you're right, I, I believe, and speaking to the directors actually years down the track, saying, because they went from 30 stores, 20 stores at the time, they grew to like 300 when we ended up with them. That's right. And they said it was a, it was a big driver, but I think it was a number of things that were happening at the same, same time. time. yeah. They were driving something, they had a marketing drive, and we were pushing that. So all yeah. these... Mechanisms Fact, going, yeah, yeah. factors going into the right space, and it was hitting their demographic, and it yeah. was 
And you're right. And we had some great activations there, and they were supporting that. So, yes. um, so I think it was having everyone aligned it contributed to a good outcome. Did um, that become a big portion of your business? At one stage, it was. It was. It was a big part. And as I said, it helped us drive other areas. Um, it, it helped us learn how to develop other parts of the business and create those processes, the procedures. Because, like, we had we had those discussions about compliance and and different like different level. And mashallah, mm. you you were you were like uh, for the forefront of of really. Mm. <clears throat> being compliant at a level that many weren't in the event game mm. because of such a monster cash industry that it was those days. Mm. And like, mashallah, you led the way in that where the, the pays and the fair work factors and mm. all that. And mashallah, like you, you were the instigator of that. And yeah, I, I think consist, like back then, one of the biggest things we learned was, I guess, the consistency, trying to st- mm. strive for excellence. And this is some of the things that we, we're always striving. We're always, I'm, I'm sure you are doing Hassan, this. this probably coming to this. You know, we're always striving to be better than we were yesterday. Yes. Uh, and and we kept the throttle on. We kept pushing. And we keep doing that to this day. That's why I feel like we still – part of the journey is still going. We're not, yeah, at, yeah, we're not well, at a point yeah. where we say, well, we've reached this point. No, I don't think it's – it's not a, uh, a destination. Why? Why? It's, why, it's more of a journey. Why? I think we have to try and I uh, do as much as we can with the time we have, be as, as proactive as we can with the time we have in all areas in relation to giving to charity, in relation to working, in relation to developing kids, in relation to having these opportunities because if we aren't pushing that hard, we don't get those opportunities where we are, I guess, reflecting someone that's on a cashier. That's a simple thing like that. They're doing a job for, as they're getting paid for, but they're learning so much from that situation. Amen. So if you're not pushing and striving for, for to do more, for, all these other things won't happen. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's part of the journey and you want to incorporate as many people as you can into that. You know, and then you've got your own kids that come into the equation. How do I, how do I get them into this cycle and get them learning and, and striving and, and, and get them to the point where you want to give back? Because even if you reach a, a limit, I believe, that you feel that you're comfortable with, you think, okay, I can just pull back a little bit here. Um, if you didn't, think about how much more you could do mm. in relation to giving back, 100%. doing for the community, in relation to Amen. donating, in relation to... Uh, developing more of those people, whatever it is that drives yeah, that, 100%. I, I think uh, g- getting to a point where you pull back, because I've been asked that a few times, and they said, why are you doing that anymore? Why are you still doing that? I said, I'll keep doing it as long as I have a passion for it. I still yeah, enjoy it. Learn. So, and it's amazing. Look, I, I can tell our, our audience there is nothing that is as challenging as the events game. Like, you know, it, it's absolutely draining mentally, mm. physically. You could be on a site. Like, you know, we were doing false festival where they're four days on site, barely sleeping two hours a day, you know, with with rollover staff for day and night shift, yeah. <laughs> sleeping behind the marquees, you know, 12 guys sleeping in one marquee. Like crazy stuff that mm-hmm. we've done that is beyond belief. Like, you know, you think it's a lot about yeah. how, how we survived that. <laughs> but Allah, it's, and I have had, I've been so privileged to be able to say I've we've had that effect on so many young brothers, yeah. Muslims, brothers, mm. sisters who have worked for us yeah. that are now like developers. You know, one one guy, mashallah, he's got a big development firm. He d- builds homes and he says to us, man, <laughs> man like Fiesta, Fiesta, looks like, <laughs> bro, I, I, was, it made yeah. me uh, like the man that I, I can I do anything. I can do anything, mm. yeah. Oh, well, because, because, you know, and uh, subhanAllah, I had one brother, it was an amazing story. We took away one guy to Denny Ute Master. And uh, <clears throat> and he slept there for three days at the back of the stall. You know, we set up, we have a ball <laughs> with the boys. And then I remember we we're going to Ballarat the week after, and there was this new kid. And he, that guy was his first week was at, at Denny. 
he slept. And then we, we're going, we're leaving in the morning, and the guy goes to him, uh, it's going to be uh, hard because I've never slept out. And he goes, don't worry, brother. He goes, last week I slept for three days in, in, in a van. He goes, at least today, it's one day, and we're sleeping in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so he was so excited that he was sleeping in a hotel now because he had such a hard time at the last one, you yeah. know what I mean? His first event, he was telling the guy, wow. don't worry, it's going to be easy, bro. Yeah. We're sleeping in a hotel this one. And, and subhanAllah, some of these kids have never slept outside their house. Mm. We take them away for a weekend. And you know, we'd build relationships, we'd have a ball. Yeah. You know, and, mm. and it was amazing like how many how many events. How many events we travel. Look, uh, there's there's a certain reward, I guess. Look, when things are rolling and you're there's a demand or you're at an event where uh, you have to service the people. Yeah. Right? Everyone needs to be serviced, everyone needs to be fed, everyone needs to be they're wanting something then. And when you've got a team, and that's the key, having the right team, when you've got people that understand that and thrive over those situations. Yeah. They they enjoy that and they they make the most of those opportunities, and you know when they've serviced everyone, they feel like we've, that was amazing. You've, what we've been able to achieve, is very few can. And like that, that reminds me of Fourth yeah, Festival. Yeah, we used to get a lot of feedback, Frank. Yeah, especially music like you know Golden Plains, Meredith Falls, these music events. Yeah? yeah, and some of them would fall in on midnight New Year's Eve things. Yeah. And would have lines, and we're the only ones servicing the public because everyone else is partying and they're all See? drunk, and all our staff are not. They're practicing Muslims. Yeah, you know we don't drink. We're, we're smashing it out. You know we we're working. And right. some markets were closed. Some food vans were closed on the count of the you know the midnight count. Yeah, yeah. And, mm. and we are there. And, and the organizer came to me and said, "I'm like, aren't you going to celebrate?" <laughs> it's like, no, nah, we're here to service these people. They're hungry. And she goes, oh, that's all right, just stop and celebrate and then you can open. I said, no, no. So how did that open up so many gateways for us? Yeah, to organize a lot. I go, we, we're, we're people of our word. We went, yeah, we're not here to party. We're here to service and we're here to have we, – we're having a good time anyway. Mm. And subhanAllah, you know, people see that. Like, And, and so many Muslim youth seeing from this lens, yeah. working in those environments, seeing the ugliness. we're like – I never want to do this. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to go to these kind of places. Anymore. I don't want to, you know, you know, yeah. which was amazing. A lot of our young youth were used to work for us because mm. their parents would be, "You're taking him to a music festival for three days," and we're like, "Trust me, it's going to be the best experience." Mm. They're going to they see, see some the things. Other side of it. They're going to see yeah. the other lens of the event. They don't see it from that lens. They have to be working, and they're looking at these people that are, whatever on, mm. whatever they're on, and, and they're absolutely lost, mm. and they think to themselves, "Wow." But if you go into that realm from that that door, mm. you don't see, you don't no, see it. No, you don't no. see it. And alhamdulillah, we've had the privilege to be able to show these young yeah, kids, inshallah. you know, that that lens that I think. And alhamdulillah, we, we even ourselves, even ourselves, mm. you know what I mean? Subhanallah, you know. Yeah, you oh, see man, it. we have so many stories in the events. Oh, yeah, we can, we can, be can, you can we can be all night talking yeah, about all yeah, these stories that have happened, yeah. you know, at events and yeah. Yeah. you know. Was there, was there a time that was like that? We got to a stage where you said, you know what? It's too hard. Like, you know, we, me and Iba have had those situations where, <clears> like, you know. You, Even when we told you, we told we were getting out of the game. You yeah. said, yeah, I've heard that before. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of like, like we, we said that to you many times, yeah. like, we're going to get out, we're going to yeah. get out. And it's like yeah. we, we ended up getting out, subhanAllah. But uh, was there a time that you, like, you were really close to saying, you know what, this is just too much, it's too hard. Like we, We've had those moments. Like, I remember we had 12 weeks with the rain, you know. Yeah. We went backwards. You know, like yeah. every, every, you know, we, 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 we prepaid for how many events? Mm. Mm. You know, we've already prepaid all the rent on what was about, I think it was, oh man, it was Melbourne's about 20 events. So fickle. Yeah, it and is. And it was, they all ran down and we going backwards and thinking, like, what a man. Mm. You know, like, is it really going to, like, that was one of the hardest times we had. Yeah, that, I know, think when also monetary when, wise, when dad yeah. passed away, I think we had nine events on. 
Yeah. yeah. St Kilda Festival. We had some big contracts that mm. weekend mm. and Dad passed away and I I mean, we're looking – so we had nine events on, but one of those events Ahmed was doing, I was doing another. Yeah. And my brother-in-law was doing another one. Yeah. So it was all internal family. So – you know what? They're not going to go to my dad's janazah. Yeah, They're not. You know, it's like. Yeah, and I got armed. Let's let's do our best anyway. So we. I remember. I remember sending emails to nine of these events. St Kilda lost the plot. Obviously, mm. well aware of St Kilda, and they, and like, okay, I'll get Billy to do that. Yeah, Billy he's not. He's not family member. Mm. I think out of the nine, I think three of them said no. It's not. A, who yeah, cares? He did, yeah. Then we didn't end up doing him ever again. We never ended up doing those three events again. Yeah. Oh, wow. St. Kilda, we never ended up doing again because of that. Mm-hmm. And the other two was like, and everyone else said, no problem. We understand your circumstance. Here's your money back. And the ones that didn't, we never ended up doing it. But we did the event. We kept our word. Yeah. But we never end up using it. We never end up applying yeah, for those events. It's, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's always someone waiting to come in. That's the thing. So yeah. that's the case of. And there's always new applications and there's always a rotation. We always find new, new organizers. organizers. New organizers come in, they forget about that relationship and all those hardships yeah, you've gone through. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. But it's, so. but it's, I think, like, you know, in that game, man, like us us getting Bendy Easter Festival was because of, you know, we lost the organizer and yeah, another organizer yeah. who didn't, we didn't do it. Like, mm. the, like a new girl came in and said, You got too much of a foot space. You know, mm. too, it's too big. You're taking too much of the place. Well, you know, <laughs> how can we have you? We could keep five guys in here. It's like, Because yeah, yeah. we're good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> what do you yeah. mean? That's why we've got five sides. We've been doing it for eight years. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? And yeah. the girl goes, Oh, no, we'll give you one side. I go, I'm not interested. Not interested. Yeah. Yeah. That goes out. Yeah. And they beg us to run the whole event. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, that's what happens. It's because the hardships. Correct. Like, and nobody values you sometimes. And when you get no, new organizers, no. and it's value. very specialty, you specialized. Skills at the 100%. moment because there's not 100%. many people in our game that have had that uh, experience. My, my favorite, my favorite one, I think, was doing the show. They're doing what's it called, Moomba. That guy bumping into Moomba. Yeah, we had a new organizer. Didn't have a clue how to allocate positions. I remember who was going to go in first. Who was going to go in second? And this this guy was fresh out of uni, Frank. And I'm like, what's this guy doing? Mm. No way we're going to fit. And there was nine food vendors. We had to bump in on that side of the, of, of where the rides were. yeah. I'm like, there's no way we're, we're going to And I haven't bumped in. I've been there an hour. He's trying to get one truck in, Frank. Mm. And I'm like, excuse me, listen, can I take over? He goes, would you do that for me? <laughs> I said, yeah, I want to get out of here. I'm going to set up. Yeah. <laughs> Which gave me the opportunity to get the best site, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> And because uh, I'm the last one to go in, because I got to get all these guys in. Yeah. And lo and behold, I got these nine guys in, and he's watching me in amazement. Like I put, I've already put their cool rooms in place, because this guy wanted to put trucks in without putting the infrastructure at the back yet. Yeah, no, yeah not knowing where the A-frame is no, goes. No, you know what I mean. No, no, they have, you know, the A-frame has to be there. They're going to back it. To and each he's other. like, oh, all thank you so things. much, and I couldn't do this without you. Mm. And next year, thinking, oh, you know, we're guaranteed in next year, mm. and then. <laughs> You organise that. Yeah, organise again. Changes, back, back to proving yourself. Yeah. And yeah, that's the nature of the beast. Yeah, and I think so. you've got to have a certain, I think, thick skin for the events. Because yeah. you're right, you get those good days and you get the bad. And if you haven't got the endurance, you're not going to survive. Yeah. And, that, and it's, it can be testing at times. You're right. What was the toughest time like you had in the game? Like, um, What was the toughest time like financially? Wise, like I'm saying, was there, was there a situation where it was like, man. Oh, well, COVID obviously hurt the industry completely. Oh, yeah. we, were, uh, we, were, we were out then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> many a times. But, uh, and it's a cycle. You seem to see, start to see the cycles of, you know, the good years and the bad years. And people mm. always like the good years, but they don't like to think that it's a yeah, bad year. Yeah. You prepare for the bad years, don't you? <laughs> well, you have to. You have to prepare for those bad years. What did you do in COVID? What, 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 what made you survive that? Um, well, COVID saw us, and that was the thing. I had a lot of calls from vendors as well saying, we, what do we do? What do we do? How do we get by through this? 
Um, and initially it was, a, it was, everyone was a bit more panicky. For some reason during COVID hit, I, I just felt it was a certain calm. Look, I was obviously, you can't control what's happening here. Were you at the Grand Prix? No, I wasn't. That was the year they actually kicked me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't do Alhamdulillah. Because Grand Prix was the catalyst that yeah. opened the, the Pandora box. Eh? Correct. That was the time. Correct. Yeah, a lot of people were sort of had funds that were really invested and they yeah. lost a lot of money. Yeah. So it, I remember one of the bread guys was telling me I went and delivered bread and then... Yeah, they want to take it back. They want to take it back, oh, please. I remember on Facebook there was all this bread for sale yeah, and all this meat. It was disastrous. So it was, it was a tough time for a lot of challenging for a lot of people. Oh, so we looked at... Okay, how do we involve, how do we evolve? Like uh, a year prior, funny enough, we uh, the Wear the Truck platform was run by another group, and they got to the point where they they couldn't monetize it, so they weren't able to um, really um, monetize the, the platform and keep it going. So they came to us saying, "Well, when, you know, it was a for us, it was a big part of the food truck wave." So going back a few steps, I guess, you know, when we were building our own business, we we look we got to a crossroad where we thought. Food trucks started evolving yeah, yeah, yeah. in this that, space. That, that, you know, food trucks was the factor that got us out of the game. Oh, well, yes. I think we decided to get out of the game because we saw we were going to an event and we were the marquee guys. Yeah, but and they we, prefer we, a truck. And what happened is that suddenly all, every week there's a new food truck mm. and every man and his dog is building a food truck. Mm. And we go to an event and it was heavily saturated with these food trucks. Yeah. And this is where me and Ibo said, look, we noticed we look. It's either with two, two ways yeah. we go. Either we go, start building some food trucks or. Or, or, or we or, sort of. Or yeah, sort of, go into retail. Or go into retail. And we decided, you know, we looked at, the, you know, when we did a sort of cross analysis and the risk assessment of it, we noticed that in the day retail's the best way for us. And mm. like we diverted to that way, even though we kept our contracting and management sort of systems going. But the food trucks were, were huge, yeah. like mm. absolute slap in the face. They came in out of nowhere. Oh, I think one of the biggest ones were, at that time was coming through was, what's his name? Uh, was What's his name doing the burgers? So what's uh, Raf. Raf, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so there was this injection of all these new food trucks faces and, you know, pretty good, like probably the best burgers were coming out of some of these trucks. Yeah. And, um, it was a big driver of our industry. So we looked at that and we said, okay, well, we've got a, a footprint in some of these major events. And I spoke to Dean at the time. I thought, what? And everyone sees a threat coming. Yeah. All right. And everyone's worried about it. And I thought, I thought to myself, well, maybe we should be looking at this differently, because all of a sudden everyone has got pressure to do better. Mm. So I said, well, this is driving us to do better, isn't it? Yeah. So eventually we're going to fail if we just stay our ground. Yeah. So let's look at what they're doing and try to do it better. But more importantly, I looked at what they were doing. So part of that process was looking at. They're serving the best burger, like you know. It's yeah, they're doing the best burger, burgers. quality burgers. They're hard to get at that price point that we consumers are prepared to pay. So it was about looking at what their ingredients was amazing ingredients. So we said, okay, well, we've got some buying power in relation to what we're purchasing at the moment. And I looked at the truck model and I thought, this guy is doing such a great job, but I know he's not making any money. There's no money in it. That's yeah. right. We knew that. So they're not going to survive. And a lot of our competitors at the time, when I actually spoke to them, they said, they'll never survive because they knew these costs. So I went to a few industry players and I said, lead, probably the leaders in the industry, and said, what do we, how if we get together and start an association of some sort or get together to, to embrace some of this and do some different things? I had some ideas in the back of my head. I thought maybe we can do better together. Maybe, look, you know, with some guidance of some of these guys who got just as much more experience than yeah. I do. And the result was, Frank, we tried that once. That's right, yeah. And it failed. They all turned on each other. So we're not prepared to do that. You go off and do what you want to do. 
But I believed in it. I thought, no, there's got to be something here. Something's going to change here. This is not going to stay. Like, it's not going to go back. I don't believe, you know, some of those people were saying it's going to, they're going to eventually die. Yeah. I said, I, I don't think we're going to go back from this point. It's going to, it's going to, it can be something more. Mm. So we looked at, I spoke to a few of those vendors and I looked at how their costs were and I thought, wow, this, they, they need some help here. We could probably, we could really contribute to help to drive some of those costs down. So we said, okay, look, we'll, we'll go off and create the, a group of some sort that can support this. Yeah, that was the. Um, so we, it's when the AMFG was established. AMFG, and, yeah, that was, that uh, was huge. And that, and that was a lot a of effort in there, man. Yeah. You put in a full on, full like manager on that. I remember, like, I remember you starting. Oh, that. yeah, we started off. And I, firstly, I thought, okay, I've got to do a little bit of research development because I heard yeah. all these food truck waves coming from the US. So I, I emailed a few of the uh, association leaders over there and said, I'm coming over there. We're going, it was winter time here. And I thought, I'll go down there and just have a look. And there was a food truck park location down there. Um, I think it was in Atlanta at the time. And I'd never been there. I was like, where am I going to Atlanta for? And I think it's the home of Coca-Cola. All right, we'll go down there. <laughs> um, so we went over there, uh, had a look, and I met with some of these association leaders. And they had similar challenges to what we've had in the past here with street trading and you know, trading on corners. And, oh, wow. Because I looked at what we were doing here and I thought, okay, if we don't let them in, they're going to take a bit of the pie, but that's fine. But how do we make the pie bigger? Mm. So we've got to create new opportunities to – to drive a lot more of these vendors into our industry. And that was the driver was to go overseas and look at those opportunities that they're doing yeah. over there to drive this new new space. Because there's only so wow. many events. Like you know, That's there's right. only so many events out there. So we thought we need something to facilitate this growth. And I thought, okay, well, maybe we can look at what they're doing over there and replicate some of the, some of those things over here. Um, so I met with some of the uh, – and like, it was a great opportunity because I met all these people that I still keep in touch with to this day. You know, LA um, – uh, Matthew Gallagher, he's in the US, so he's taking care of LA. And, you know, we went to see New York and uh, Atlanta and the food truck stuff. So and we came back here and looked at some of the options and some of the leading food truck operators over there and what they were doing, you know, trading on corners and streets and all this sort of stuff. So, um, so yeah, so we sort of brought some of that back here. And then uh, we opened up the food truck park was one of the locations. The first one we did was, I think, in Church Street in Richmond. That's right, that's yeah. right, yeah. Uh, and that, and I just had, funny enough, we just, we just thought there's a piece of land out there. What are the rules? How can we get these trucks on there? And I put a, an email through to council and I spoke to a town planner at the time. And he sort of gave me a little bit of help with it. Um, and then we had, there was a bit of hype on it. So, uh, I had Nova ring me up at the time and they said, look, we'll, we'd love to support you. You know, this sounds like such a cool thing because they're only down the road. I think they must have yeah, yeah, got wind of right. it, uh, which was great. They were a huge supporter. So they came on as a sponsor and helped promote it, uh, as a space. And then, um, which is great. I mean, How many was, trucks did you have there, Frank? Oh, at the time, we, we sort of invited, I think it was probably about 10 trucks, but we're doing rotations. So yeah. like every day we'll give everyone a bit of a go and they'd rotate through the space. Uh, we'd create you know, seating, put a bit of music on and create the ambience there. I remember you on, did, on you the did the really well with that. Yeah, that was the, that was that, that, that how, was, how long that was that visionary? For? Because nobody, in, like I remember, nobody, nobody was doing no anything one, close No there. one did that. Yeah, it was, it was a great facilitator to, you know, for the new vendors as they found their feet and worked out what they were doing with their business model. Mm. Um, the, the biggest thing we've, we've, we're looking at is saying, well, where do they sit? And a lot of people don't think about when they start a new business because food trucks are a great platform to push off the, you know, a new concept because you right. get the trial it, test it, see what different markets, different locations, different areas are doing. That's so right. you could test where your, where, where your market is. You could take yeah. your truck to New South Wales one week and then say, no, I'm, that's no good for me there. Let me come down to Victoria and you find a certain space and, 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 and a niche product works in this area. And so you can learn so much out of that. That's how we learned about burgers, really. Yeah. So the reason we chose, because we have, as you know, we've got the wrapped up burgers, snack attack, 
uh, in a non-gram express. Uh, all, all the brands that we had that were running at the events, mm. but we noticed that uh, the, burger the burgers crazy. were going crazy, mm. and uh, so Burgies was our event brand. And then we said, you know what, crazy not to do that. And mm. and and so well, that, many we, have that, done it, Payala. Yeah, yeah. many have done it. Many. And, and, that, and that's why so sort of, it gave us the ability to, to really test that product out there in the market. Yeah, and it was so, so well received. Mm. Like it'd be crazy not to do it in the retail. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so what you drove get, get, for the retail world, really. Awesome, yeah. And that's where that's where you drive off and you sort of got to try different markets with your event and the truck and Yeah, So problem. um so yeah, a lot of these people and for us it was a case of just as we progressed from that point, people don't really do the uh, create a bit of a business plan before they start. And yeah, I always yeah, recommend yeah. when they come to us because from that we got like 2 or 300 members actually that just come up and said we want to be part of this now. We want to be part of AMFG and what it can do. We want to drive our costs down. We want to we want to do events and and other things that you could offer. Mashallah, you got you got thousands of currently like people that are prescribed to the uh, know, not so much thousands. We've got a database of database that. Of, yeah. uh, we've been a bit more selective because like I think over the, as the years have progressed, like I said, I, I'm very conscious of the fact of you know, what's letting, your objective, yeah, what yeah. what do you want to do, who who who. How many members do you have now? Uh, I would say it's uh, well through COVID when COVID when COVID hit. Uh, we said, look, we don't want to take any more subscription. Look, how can these people pay for subscription? Yeah, Allah. So I said to the guys, we're not charging anyone anymore. Oh, just, wow. Let's just waiver the subscription. And where focus was moved towards um, the the app of I guess who came yeah. on to give the, them the tools to to evolve yeah. over that period where yeah. they could take orders online and yeah. have a location. And those were some of the things we we're testing and learning and. Um, and it was great learnings for me. Yeah, because in reality, you're a technology company at the same time. You know, yeah. Michelle, you invested so much in technology into that app well, and really branching it out to all these uh, yeah, food, food truck. Yeah, you know, I think as a part of of us, that's always the innovation piece. That's always driving to the next thing. You can't stay still. You need to constantly look at what's next because yeah. as soon as you stop, you're going to fall back. Yeah. So I think it's a case of always, you know, pushing for that inc- excellence within your business and yeah. seeing what else you can adopt. And, and and the path takes you sometimes in different directions. You've got to be it's cautious kind of that mm-hmm. you're not becoming something different because so easily to go down a certain path. But uh, I guess through COVID, that was that was the driver because there was all these other paths that pulled up. Yeah, events stopped. So um, we thought, okay, well, this is a perfect opportunity. We've already done so much work on it. Now we can start to launch some of these things and, and start to give the guys another tool to to trade through these tough times. If that's all we can do, well, that's what we'll do. So, um, so yeah, that was a good uh, it was a good opportunity. And then um, post that, obviously, like I said, we didn't want to charge vendors for subscription. We've moved out back into that now, obviously, post COVID, um, and and the take ups come back again. So it's uh, amazing. So it's good to see. And there's new and like what we found is that there's always new people coming into the space. There's always yeah. Um, there's a lot of people going in and out. Like, I, like we we knew like you know like we go into an event and 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 and, uh, and, and some of these shiftive organizers that organize mm. events that we'd go to, and he'd he'd obviously tried the event and, he, mm. and I remember him telling me this. He goes, "There's a full born every every day." And he, he, all he wanted to bring in is the just the rip, rip the vendors. You know what I mean? We did mm. that event, and I remember him saying that to me. Yeah, just like to saturate. All he wanted to saturate the event and, and rip whoever vendor can come in because mm. there's always going to be somebody who's going to try my event. Correct. You know what I mean, but that changed anyway because yeah, that yeah, that's people, evolved. I mean, some, that's people you, started communicating about correct. what a good and event and that's what's a, a bad event and yeah. And I think it's like I think all both sides have got a responsibility in relation to everyone working to the common cause because, like you said. They need to get paid for that, right? And, and look, we've been trying to educate vendors. Look, you've got to do the right thing by these people. Yeah. But at the same time, mm-hmm. they need to do the right thing by you. Exactly. So, and you're right. It's like the people don't oh, they don't have the, maybe the knowledge. Mm. Yeah. So, like yourselves, we found ourselves in a position where we're telling people where we're not 
we're doing someone else's job for them. Like you become the event organizer yeah. in trying to guide them 100%. so they don't fall into that path. Yeah. And 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 I, like I advise a lot of vendors to say, ask some trigger questions before you go to an event yeah. to see what the mindset is of the organizer. Yeah. Because I, funny enough, I had this happen to me and they said, uh, it was an event and they said, we're doing this new event. It's, it's going to be over here and we're going to put this many trucks in. And I said, how many people are you getting at this event? And there's 5,000 people, 3,000 people, whatever the number was. And the number was, the ratio was wrong. So there's no formula. They're not working on any formula. Yeah, so I said to them, the I said, no, I think you might have a problem. And she said, why? I said, I think you've, you're over catering the event. So what's the outcome will be is people will come there. They'll either drop off halfway through the event or they'll lose a lot of money at the end of it because mm-hmm. you don't need them. So sometimes perception, it could be, I want to give as much variety as yeah, possible. That's what they say. So, so I understand they want to do that, but there needs to be an element of balance because it comes at a cost. That's right. Yeah. So th- then the, you, I, I suggested then maybe you look at a general truck or someone that can do multiple things out of one one outlet because outlet, then they're not losing as much. So, you know, I guess mm. – and some people take that on and some people don't. Yeah, and like yeah. you said, there were some people that said, well, that's the name – that's the game we're in. That's, that's how we so, got – that's how we got into Around the Bay in a Day. The way we got the contract for Around the Bay in a Day, we've been doing it for how many years and a new organiser came and it was always four to five vendors we used to do always and it was just a hit in the morning and a hit for lunch because – They'd come and they'd go. You had mm. two quick hits. And subhanAllah, uh, came with an event organizer. She was doing a big concert as part of her and she's got the bands and mm. all this stuff. And then suddenly she goes, I'm going to put in 20 people. We said, count us out. That's not for us. And remember, yeah. we said, we don't want to do it. This, this, that. And you can imagine, she nobody made. made money. And everyone's going, why did you get out? Why did you go to, what? you've been doing this for how many years? Nobody had the opportunity to get into this event. Now we all came in and everyone's calling us, we're going to get busy, subhanAllah. They called Ivek or V. And I said, brother, it's going to come in. One o'clock, they all come back. You'll get here for one hour and it's done. Mm. Yeah. And that's it. And I go, be prepared. And everyone's sending people home and this, that. <laughs> and subhanAllah, the year after that, uh, they put the applications out. Nobody applied. Yeah. And then we contacted them and said, listen, we're more than happy to manage the event for you. Mm. Let us manage the whole concept. They said, would you? And then, then yeah. that was, I think, the first time we dealt with City of Melbourne and their headaches <laughs> and, the well, gra- look, and the grass. There's a number of factors in there. And like you're saying, it could be an event and it's a really good year. The next year it's rain yeah, and it's bad. Old. And it's not the organizer's fault at the same time. Oh, yes. They can't control the weather and that's the game we're in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it may not be their their fault totally. Um, and then you see the next year comes back to that. So you only realize that once you've done a cycle. Yeah. Yes. And not many people are prepared to do a cycle so 100%. because they, it depends what part of the cycle you're in. As well. <laughs> you know, so um, and that's where you find the people that have lived through it and the ones that probably don't yeah, because, you know, they've got, they've got a different path or they just um, – and I'm not prepared to sort of go write, through that. Write it out, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, not a, it's not an easy game, but it can be quite rewarding uh, without a yeah, doubt. I'm grateful for all it's I, done for I, us. I'm but. so well-traveled because the event game. Like I've, yeah. we've, we've gone, you know, you can ima- like nobody can imagine. We're, you know, we've done the four-wheel drive championships. Uh, you know, we had to get our bloody food van uh, mm. pushed by f- four tractors and, mm. and go up to some hill and we're sleeping while. So it's, it is an amazing Yeah, growth. like we see things that you've never seen in your oh, life, 100%. like sights. You've never seen, you know, places, oh, you know, yeah. Tassie, Canberra. Yeah. We're traveling, you know, every yeah. weekend. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, we, we, I sort of missed that in a way too because <laughs> yeah. we, we, we've been out of the game now for how many years? Yeah. yeah. About, what, seven years now, six years. Not that out completely, but mm. like out of every weekend. Like, yeah. We're yeah. still managing events, you know, mm. some really good contracts. We're very blessed to do that. Alhamdulillah. Uh, but subhanAllah, you know, it's just different when you go and go to Denny and. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, also you build a relationship with all the vendors, like, 
like every year we'd go to Denny and yeah. we know that Peter's going to be there and yeah. this person and you sit down and you have dinner together and they'll bring up the, you know, to you and we become yeah. a family, you know. We, yeah, right. We've built so many families through the event games, haven't we? Oh, 100%. Uh, and it becomes that. Everyone's sort of looking out for each other and uh, and you want to keep maintain that, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, you know, he's good. It's, it can be competitive but at the same time it can be uh, like a lot of the times when guys have got stuck on the side of the road and someone would pull over, yeah. uh, they would go into the same job. So yeah. knowing if they got there sooner, mm. and this this is a test. I've I've had both sides of that where they they're racing to get back to the next because they're like almost doing a run, yeah. and they're racing to get the next, and they see someone pull up with a blown tire or something, yeah. and they would drive past. Yes, yes, yes. that's happened. There'd, there'd be some that would pull over <laughs> and help exactly, uh, and uh, and you see that, and these Allow these are the like moments that you you know. You, you really can connect with and understand that, okay, 100%. we owe him one. <laughs> yeah, and so, hello, look, for example, one of our and events. And it shows the true character yeah, and the like true. 100%. We, at one of our events, we, you know, we had a, we had a, some heavy applications on it when we did the vendors. The first thing I did is, Frank, this guy I've never dealt with, bro. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me how good this guy is, bro? Stay away from <laughs> him. <laughs> well, I mean, that's... Like, like, I mean, guys, and then I said to me, Frank, this guy's amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. again, it's, it's, it's that... A relationship. relationship, like you've dealt with him, I haven't, and everyone and, and, and those things have happened to like everyone within the space. So yeah, yeah. people fail to understand that when they, uh, I guess, on an event, some people can be rude to the organizer. They could be difficult. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they, it becomes about them, and and they don't understand they they're trying to they should be trying to build a relationship. Yes, yeah. because that particular event is one event, but that organizer also communicates, just like the food truck community communicates, with probably a handful of other event yeah, organizers. Exactly. And they yes. say, okay, well, that's great. I noticed you had this really cool truck at your event. doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Uh, and they say, yes, I did. Uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was good to have them there at the start and then this is what happened. Mm. So all of a sudden you've just ruled yourself out of five other events. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and that's why relationships, it's all about those relationships. It and, and it doesn't work your way, well, your network is your net worth. I keep on saying that, guys. Your network is your net worth. Build yeah. as many bridges as possible. Well, I think uh, we didn't really dig deep into you. No, alhamdulillah, we, I think we dug a lot into the industry. The industry yeah. Because, mashallah, we're so connected into that industry. But I, I, I'd, I'd really just like to finish off maybe with just some quick questions about yourself and like, what do you truly believe success is? What does success mean to you in your perspective? And so, so inshallah, we'll share that with our audience. Yeah, I guess it can mean a lot of things, isn't it? Yeah, success. Yeah. Um, and people see success in their kids. People see success in, you know, their business. Um, I think it's, I think it's a part of success. Is that is that I I, I realize this. I guess you know, as more and more events and we got busier, I thought, what is success to me? It's more about the journey for me because because it's about who you the destination is one thing because everyone's striving for a destination yeah. and they're thinking if i get to that point i'm going to be super successful yeah. everything's going to be right i can buy that <laughs> sports car it's going to be great but the reality is the fruits are in that journey yeah yes. and the journey of all like we've been talking about it's all we've mostly talking about the you know the, you know what we got out of those the moments that we had yeah it's amazing so, so every moment was a success because you you've had a different encounter and you've had a different opportunity to meet someone new and you've had, um, you know, an opportunity to contribute to someone that's led yeah. to something else. So um, I think it's it's a number of things. I don't think you can point. Okay. Let, let me break it down to you. What is the proudest moment you've ever had in your life? I'm not, uh, well, to be honest, yeah, yeah, it's a good question. It's a tough one. Uh, uh, now, obviously, as time goes on, obviously, you know, my commitment is to look, looking at what the next wave of my kids and how they're going to, Develop and yeah, uh, as you guys yeah, are yeah. so committed to your boys and you want it the yeah. best for them. And I remember taking my son and my son, I've always said to him, 
uh, my oldest, uh, you need to, you know, think about what you're doing in your life now. Because a lot of kids don't do that. They, don't, they just go yeah. along thinking <laughs> things are going to happen. And I think I keep reminding them saying, don't worry about what business we're doing. It's not, you've got to create what you think is right for you. So yeah. think about it. So anyway, so then, but today we're going on, a, uh, funny enough, out post-COVID, we started doing some more events. And I was actually um, working at a particular music festival. Uh, and he had never been in that environment. So I thought, okay. I'm going to take him along. Wife goes, are you sure? He's only 16. I said, I'm going to take him along. So anyway, as we're driving there, I said to him, and mind you, I haven't done some, a lot of events myself at music. It's one of the years since I've done a music event like of that scale where I've been there. But we went there. and It was, it was actually quite fun. <laughs> and I said to him, well, this project, like right now, you've got to think about what you're going to do in your life. But for this week, you're the head of this bubble tea store. You're running this thing. You're the leader. You're going to be looking after everyone that's there. So you're going to be driving it. If you're not on, you may fail, you may not. But you've got that responsibility today. Wow. So let's see how it goes. So anyway, he goes in there <laughs> and he's, he's got a down pat. This guy's just, he's looking, have I got that right? The temperatures, the measurements, the, <laughs> everything's going quite, quite good all day long. He's going. And it's been bit, quite busy, which is great. And he, I said, because I've always said to him, you've got to make sure that your team has a rest before you go. You can't have a break before all your team has had the break. The last man. You're the last man because you're responsible for everything. Yeah, I got to, I'm not going to have my break. It's all, it's, all, it's all happening. So he sends everyone a break. He comes to his break. And I said, okay, where's he going to go now? This is a music festival. You know? So he only had a short window. And he said, I'm just going to shoot off on my break. And I went over, actually happened to go have a look, see where he was. And he wasn't there. He said, no, he's gone for his break. So I started looking around. It was dark. It was, the sun was just setting. It was dark. And I look at the, behind the back of house area. And I, I come, there's an ambulance there. I thought, oh, maybe he's hurt or something like that there. Anyway, he had put down a piece of cardboard and he started praying. Wow. And I thought, oh, I haven't really seen him like in that capacity. This event, from all the things you could have... Uh, elected to do, <laughs> there's plenty of people around in shorts and mini skirts and had a look around. That's what he did. Allah, Allah. So that was one of the proudest moments for me. That's amazing story. We, we could testify uh, to the amazing boys. Yeah. You had him at Bendiga Easter. Yeah, yeah like, but you know? not like that. Yeah, he had him at the, uh, the NAF uh, get together. But yeah, mashallah, that, that was a real proud moment for me because watching your boys and I walked into the truck with you yeah. and I could see them just, you know, embracing. Uh, yeah, we try to do. I try to Allah, do stuff Allah like, like those sort of functions and those you know, charity events. Whatever Allah, we do, yeah, yeah, I try to get the boys involved yeah, and yeah, get yeah, their hands there doing that. And Mashallah, look, we've got to give you Allah credit. Bless you. We've got to give you credit for all the support you have given to the leadership retreat and the family funders that we do through yeah. through the Australia Foundation. Alhamdulillah. So, yeah. I think you guys Allah do an amazing job with that. Full credit to you for doing that. Alhamdulillah, we try our best. Alhamdulillah, and leave the rest as they say. Allah Kareem. Alhamdulillah. I think. Is there, is there anything that you want to add about you that I think maybe our viewers would uh, really, really sort of appreciate through your game, you know? Um, I just think, I think we've, we've touched on a lot of points. Yeah, a lot. Have, yeah. I think everyone just, be, as I said, it's, it's that I've always said to the guys, we've got to try to be that 5%. Even my boys, like I said, 95% of people just do enough. It's the 5 to 10% that are actually doing more yeah. and achieving more in life. Yeah, so where do you want to be? So we're always striving to be that. And to be that, you've got to be pushing yourself, working harder than everyone else. Yeah. 
you know, if you're doing eight hours these days, like in this competitive world we're all living in, you you are going to do enough to survive. Yeah. That's the reality. 100%. If you want more than that, and this is all, and that's all fine. If that's what you want, yes, just make that decision and then live by that. Yeah. But if you want more out of life, you want to be able to contribute more, you want to be able to the position that you guys are in now, being able to do these podcasts, have that time to do that or sacrifice that time, um, you need to do more mm. earlier in life. Mm. If or you know to, to, get, to get that yeah to get to that amen, point. Amen. Um, great advice, great advice. And, and, and just drive yourself. Always strive to be better than what you were. Every element, and I always said to the guys, every part of our business we've got to strive to be just 5% better. If you're, if you're 1% or 2% better in every, every part, it's going to get the result. It's a bit of – and, and even if you work at something, you think I'm not really getting notice for what I'm doing. It's all those little things that add up 100%. to a big push at the end when you see, well, that's what we've done. So um, I think you just – it's nothing comes easy. And it's, it's all hard work. Uh, and you got to be prepared to put in. So if you if you're willing to do it, I think you'll get the outcomes. Uh, and if your intentions are right, you'll probably get more than others or whatever it is. Yeah, but hell, it's all and it's all result. As I say, it's all result. Yeah, yeah, correct. Do your best, and you see how Allah Subhanahu wa Taala rewards with extra. You know, and if you think you are you are uh, you know you are giving Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's yeah. most giving. You know? We've we've always said that. And like Subhanallah, the only faith on the face of this earth that speaks about rizq or predestined your wealth is is Islam. And our community worries about it so much, and I don't understand why. Mm. It's there. If you're meant, if Frank's meant to have three million dollars, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gave him that to test him with, whatever he does with it, if he's going to do khair or any khair, it's your test. Mm. You know, why? Why are we so concerned about the dollar? Where you know it's predestined for you. You mm. just do your best and leave the rest. That's right. Allah my Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Frankie, for uh, coming. Really down. appreciate coming down. And we know. Uh, you you wouldn't do this for anybody <laughs> with the love we You're have as brothers. Thank, thank you for having Twin, me. Twenty two years of a, an amazing relationship we've had in the event game, and uh, I, I want to say publicly thank you very much. Thank Allah, you, Allah. thank you from our hearts that you have been uh, like a mentor to us as yeah, well. No, you, you, mentors. You, you, we've looked up to you, you know, in the game. Mashallah, you know, we, whenever we've reached out to you since you know we first came to this game. You've never said no to us, yeah. and, and you've helped us tremendously. You've got us into games that we've never been in, yeah. and may Allah bless you. And you know you are in our du'a, and yeah. uh, may Allah bless you and make you, you know, uh, the the most successful everything that you do in your family and your sons as well, because we love them to death as well. I just want to touch base on that because I remember Dean calling me just recently. I think you were doing the Australian Open. He asked me for some machines, and he goes, "Oh, you know, let me know what you I said, mate. Your family." I said, I don't know about you. Frankie hasn't told you, but your family, we don't charge family. He goes, oh, you really? <laughs> I love protecting you. And we appreciate all your help. All the, no, obviously, over the years, you guys have helped out as well. Just I, as much. Name, I, I don't see, like, like, thank you so much for, you know, uh, your kind words, but uh, I never saw it as that. I think you guys have, we've been good friends and uh, I'm grateful for meeting you, actually. And I hope this this contributes to something bigger and better and, inshallah, and, inshallah. and helps anyone and, 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 yeah, well, they can connect with. Thanks, Frankie. Thank you, Frank. And please, I'd, I'd remind our viewers, please, um, you know, it's amazing. Alhamdulillah, we're reaching international heights in, what, 14 episodes or mashallah. 15 episodes and reaching such amazing. We just love to do more for you guys and for us to do more, we do need you to do that. Just subscribe button and follow button, inshallah. That's all we ask of you. And if you can do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. We will be working very, very hard for you guys to get more amazing brothers and sisters who have achieved amazing things within our community and the wider world, inshallah, and getting internationals soon, inshallah. So, Zakam Allah Khair, and thank you for listening. We look forward to providing another podcast 
next week. Assalamu alaikum. Thanks,